Good evening, everyone. Committee of the whole meeting, February 16, 2021. Pursuant, oh, excuse me, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Present. Councilor Falco. Present. Vice President Knight. Present. Councilor Marks. Present. Councilor Morell. Present. Councilor Scarpelli. Present. President Carviello. Present. Seven of or present. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law 30A section 18 and the governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitations on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the Memphis City Council Committee as a whole will be conducted by a remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information, the general guidelines for remote, remote participation by members of the public and or parties with a right and a requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medford.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No, no in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately ac access proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event we're unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or media uh, website an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive records of the proceedings as soon as possible. There will be a meeting of the Memphis City Council Community Hall on February 16, 2021 at 5.30 p.m. The purpose of this meeting is to discuss second quarter finance for the current fiscal year. The council has invited our Finance Director Alicia Nunley Benjamin to attend. For further information, aids, and accommodations, contact City Clerk at 393-2425. Sincerely yours, Richard Carabiello, President. Alicia. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, President oh. Carviello and Honorable uh, City Council members. I'm going to share my screen, if that's okay with everybody, for the presentation on Q2 finances. That would be great. Thank you. We do. Everyone see my screen? Yes. Are you showing the presentation? Yes. Okay. So for Q2, as far as our local receipts, we are meeting our target and I'm gonna go into um, explicits, but as you can see our motor vehicle excise tax, what we budgeted, we're actually under. For our boat excise, we're meeting it just about penalties and interest, we're above. Pilots, we aren't expecting any till Q3, so that's okay, that's why that looks blank. Hotel excise, we're under local meals tax, we're, we're above. Uh, community impact fee, I did not budget for because we passed that in December 2019. Your own body passed that, so I wasn't sure what to budget, so I'm gonna use this year's figures to estimate for next year. Uh, you can see fees, our actual is above what we estimated. Our rentals are on target. Our departmental revenue is a little down. License and permits is below. Medicaid is above. And we did a very, very conservative Medicaid estimate. 
because of the change in the way they calculate the formula for Medicaid reimbursements. Fines and forfeits is under, investment income is under, miscellaneous just above. Um, at this point, there's no Fed stimulus. Uh, we are watching the American Rescue Plan that Biden has, that they've been working on, that they said hopefully they'll have uh, something by the end of February. CARES has been extended in Q3. And we had originally uh, conservatively estimated a 10% cut to our local aid, but the governor uh, level funded. So these are our actual numbers for our local receipts. So you can see our budgeted at 667. I actually got in 585. Boat, 2250. I actually got in 2796. Penalties and interest, 875. I got in 178, 174. Pilots, as I said earlier, I'm not expecting until Q3. Hotel excise of 75, we only got 65,000. Uh, local meals, 183, 375. We're at 205, 480. Community impact fee, as I said, we didn't budget for it at all, um, but that gave us 29.86 and 35 cents. Our fees, we budgeted 250, we got 406, 871. Our rentals, 1500, 1500, we're right on target. Departmental revenue, 272, we got 286. License and permits were down. We thought we'd get 650, we're at 539. Medicaid, 86, we got 168. Fines and forfeits, 31,250. We are only at 2,323, so that's really, really down. Uh, investment income, 96,250, 46,154. And that's really representative of the rates. The rates have really, really dropped since we're in a recession. So the rates are, are, are very, very, very minimal. Miscellaneous, uh, 50,000, we're at 557716. Then I just showed you a quick snapshot of our 2021 final cherry sheet receipts, which are 27,341,008. Our <coughs> assessment, sorry, our estimated receipts, sorry, same slide, my apologies. Our assessments are 12716837, and that's the final from the state. Here's our summary again of our local aid, what we had budgeted for chapter 70 of 11053769. We got in the 12143306, of which your honorable body programmed 1,089,537 back to schools. Unrestricted general government aid, also known as UGA. We Budgeted at 11916986. We got 12880443. Other uh, sources of aid, we budgeted 1,031317. We got 2317259. And our assessments, we had budgeted 11884634, but our actual was 12716837 for a difference of 832,203. So even though we got more revenue, we also got more assessments. So the revenue and assessments offset each other. And I like to know in that figure is 82,442 that goes directly to the library. This is our fiscal year 2022 preliminary revenues. If you look at the difference, 21, we got 27,341008 as I stated, but we're looking at a drop of 27,001262. 
I'd like to point out the charter tuition reimbursement went from 1940410 to only 913064. That's a million dollar drop just on the charter. Uh, unrestricted government aid went up by 3.5%. These are our fiscal year 22 preliminary assessments, which are higher. So these are charges that we have to pay. So this again hits, hits us. It went up from 12716837 to 12948591. So if we look and we compare 21 to 22, our chapter 70 went up slightly to, by 132,420. Our unrestricted general government aid went up by 3.5% or 450,816. Our other revenue streams went down from 2.3 million to 1.394 million in 840,029. Large decline is due to that charter as I had pointed out. Our assessments also went up by 231,754. So this would hit our bottom line. Our budget based on this would go down by 488,547 just on the local aid. So we're expecting another difficult fiscal year coming forward uh, due to COVID-19 with the resurgence. And uh, the uh, state itself has indicated it's in a recession with a recovery outlook between fiscal year 23 and fiscal year 25. <clears throat> uh, now I'm gonna get into the Massachusetts current uh, economic recession as reported by the state. Um, the deep recession started February 2020. The state gross domestic product decreased by 3.4% and 31.6% in the second quarter, declining tax revenue. Meals, motor vehicle decline shown in April 2020. July of 2020, state taxes started to recover 48% of jobs, which were recovered in October. However, the pace of that economic recovery has again declined due to the resurgence of COVID-19. State growth dropped from 6.8% to 2.2%. Fiscal year 21 year-to-date state tax collections 2.7% more than fiscal year 20, but two-thirds of the state's revenue is collected between December and June. So they said a lot can change. It could be a, a, another radical decline. At the state level, 8.1% increase in regular sales tax. There's a 31.9% decrease in meals, an 8.7 increase in motor vehicle sales, a 53% decrease to room occupancy. And they said that is due to the motor vehicle room tax declines reflecting tax deferrals in the pandemic. Um, assessors are facing uh, commercial market, fair market value has slowed. Certain property uh, types are struggling such as malls, uh, office space, not all, but most. Um, businesses closing on January 1st will affect the personal property assessments. And assessors are worried about the drop in commercial industrial assessed values and pressures to abate them. Hotel occupancy rates plummeted and they're not expected to recover until full implementation of a vaccine and the prediction to return to normals between 2023 and 2025. Massachusetts has lost 4,000 restaurants through the pandemic. Independent restaurant sales are down by 30% rurally, 40% in the suburbs, and 45% in the urban. 
So what does that economic decline do for our city? Well, we've had a reduction in our local receipts. So in fiscal year 20, we had projected 20,063,416 and only received 19,105, a $957,000 shortfall. Fiscal year 21, we project 15.8 million, which is a $4.2 million loss in local receipts from the prior year. New growth and assessed values could decline in fiscal year 22 due to significant decline in commercial sectors like the shopping malls, office space, retail, auto dealerships. Uh, we have a decrease in our local cherry sheet aid right now of negative 480,547. Our fixed costs such as health insurance, waste management, pension, et cetera, continue to increase. The city used free cash last year to subsidize the general fund budget, but it's important to note that free cash is our only general fund reserve. It is only a one-time surplus. It is not guaranteed every year. And we cannot deplete our entire reserve. This would be catastrophic to the city's finances and bond rating. Without additional federal aid for revenue losses, the city is facing a tough fiscal year 2022. Uh, we are watching what's developing up at the uh, federal level and are really hoping that uh, the Biden administration will provide some relief to cities, towns across the U.S. Um, the Act stimulus, as I stated, has been um, extended in Q3, so instead of it expiring last December, it is going to expire December 31, 2021. Um, we are still, as I said, experiencing large revenue losses due to the economic impact of the pandemic. The reduction in the budget is entirely due to the economic fallout and revenue losses without federal aid has forced many cities to freeze spending, service cuts, furloughs, layoffs. The city is hopeful that federal aid for revenue losses may be provided on, under President Biden. Uh, the city has charged 75% of COVID-related expenses to FEMA, 25% to CARES. The landscape at the federal level has shifted with the change in administrations. As a result of this shift, FEMA has indicated that both eligibility and reimbursement rates for the FEMA public assistance program will be expanded upon, and we're awaiting further guidance on how that's going to affect us. Uh, we're waiting to find out from FEMA what expenses are going to be made ineligible or eligible from our care submission that we made back in October. We still have not heard back from FEMA. Our CARES Act award to Medford was $5,093,008. In fiscal 20, the city had encumbered $65,756.22 and expended $132,155. This is 25% of the COVID-19 FEMA eligible expenses. In fiscal 21, the city has uncovered 1611030 and expended 2741800 The schools and the city will be using the remaining $2.1 for PPE, contact tracing, vaccination, and various other COVID-19-related expenses until December 31st. Uh, FEMA doesn't have an expiration or award total. The program is open for eligible COVID-19 expenses. In fiscal 20, the city had encumbered 47,384 and three cents and expended 288,388.36. In fiscal year 21, the city has encumbered 78,529 and expended 184,348. Now we know there's still more that we have to capture. We're working on that currently. Uh, the FEMA funds that we drew down back on October 15th, we still haven't heard back from the Fed, as I said on the previous slide. 
And as stated earlier, the FEMA directives on eligibility has shifted from the Trump administration to the Biden administration. The city's awaiting further guidance on the new directives. Here's some uh, just detailing school, how the schools use the CARES Act funds. The, 50 gave, the city gave them 53%, which is 2.64 million. They used a lot of it for infrastructure and facility modification. That was to bring up the air quality standards, their HVAC. Uh, 111,279 for personal protective equipment to the schools, 145,955.26 for sanitation supplies, 1,069,085.83 for technology, 500 for instructional materials, and about 6,311.66 for contact users. Ah. In fiscal year 21, the schools were awarded 2.3 million under the CRRSA Act, ESSER II fund grant, signed into law on December 27, 2020. The CRRSA Act is the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriation Act, Elementary and Secondary Schools Emergency Relief II Fund. Any specific questions related to this should be directed to the school assistant superintendent of finance, but they were awarded this and I wanted to highlight this in my party so that you knew that this was another uh, bucket of funding that has come this year and was signed in December. And it's used for academics. It's used for social, emotional, mental health and engagement. It's used for operations, access for students with an equity focus. And then this slide kind of is a summary slide of those three. So they can use it for educational technology, connectivity, hardware, devices, software, technology support services, supplies and services that enable remote learning, printing, telephonic support, translation services for students. They can maximize capacity for coordination to connect students to behavioral mental health support. A minimum of 10,000 must be committed to student mental health services and supports activities to address unique needs of low-income children, students with disability, English learners, racial and ethnic minorities, students experiencing homelessness and foster care youth, including outreach and service delivery, diagnostic intake assessments to gauge students' knowledge and skills, assessing and addressing learning gaps to inform teaching, address learning loss, including through assessment evidence-based activities, parents' engagement, tracking attendance and improving student engagement, planning and implementing summer learning and supplemental after school programs, providing principals and other school leaders with resources to address individual school needs, training and professional development for district staff on topics from effective remote learning strategies to sanitation and minimizing the spread of infectious disease when school resumes, supplies and services to sanitize district facilities, school facility repairs and improvements such as efforts to improve indoor air quality to reduce uh, the risk of airborne virus transmission, which we've used a lot of CARES for that. Planning for and coordinating during long-term closure, including how to provide meals, technology for online learning, guys for carrying out idea requirements and providing educational service consistent with more applicable requirements and other procedures and systems to improve district preparedness. On to the Water and Sewer Enterprise Fund. Uh, the largest expense in the water and sewer enterprise budget is the assessment paid to the Massachusetts Water Resource Authority, also known as the MWRA. The city does not have control over this assessment. The assessment for water and sewer are each calculated separately by the MWRA based on certain factors. 
I put a link for a video produced by the MWRA, which explains how the, the community assessment is calculated online. And then I put some pie charts together. The first one I put is for the revenues. So I wanted to show you that water and sewer your user charges is the biggest part of the pie. The base fee is estimated at a million each year. And fees and liens are about 5% of the revenue that we collect on an annual basis. And then on to, next to it, the next pie chart is enterprise fund expenses for the fiscal year. The biggest one being the MWRA assessment at that 19,184,348. Debt service, 1273968. Operational expenses, 2,475,941. I'm sorry, that was, uh, yeah, no, that's right. Operational salaries, 1865832, and indirect costs such as pension, health, dental, 1,551240. Universal connectivity fee or base fee started being collected fiscal 2018. The city's accounting system does not break down commercial versus residential fees collected. It's actually a tier-based system. Uh, they are held in the combined water and sewer enterprise fund as its own revenue line. The universal connectivity fee is an infrastructure recovery charge to be hooked up and maintain the sewer water system. It is the only fixed based fee I have. Every other stream is all variable. It is estimated at 1 million per year to help stabilize that variable rate and usage. So for fiscal 18, it was 837,283.79 collected. Fiscal 19, 876, 186.92 collected. Fiscal 20, 871, 891.95 collected. Fiscal 21 collected through 1231 is 373,401.80 in comparison to fiscal 20 at 353,716.93. And our enterprise fund fiscal year 21 revenues um, budgeted at 12739 for tax liens, actually received 71626 I'm sorry, let me show my look at the right one. Sorry, let me look back over there, budgeted. I apologize, 10000 and collected 1273956 Penalties and interest, 600 collected 45107 Penalty and interest on utility charges, 100000 budgeted, received 44,769.72. Penalties and interest on utility liens, 40,000, 4,747, 63. Sewer usage, 14,336,689. The sewer 21336218160. Water usage, 9624040, budgeted 2393310060 so far, fiscal year 21Q2 collected year to date. Water liens, 1.1,061,496.94 collected um, for Q2. Universal connectivity fee, 1,196,429.72. Water miscellaneous, 120,000, 35,020. And for base fee liens, nothing yet year to date. So enterprise funds are on target for Q2 if you compare the two between fiscal year 20 and fiscal year 21. Free cash and retained earnings were actually certified by DOR on January 4th, 2021. General fund has 8,534,241. And the enterprise fund for water and sewer has 6,059,512. 
In conclusion, the city's Q2 revenues are in line with our projection overall, but as you can see, some of the revenue streams are below what we expected. Even though overall we met our projection for the quarter, we are experiencing more of a decline to the start of Q3 with the COVID-19 resurgence. Therefore, the city implemented a non-essential hiring and spending freeze in January while closely monitoring revenues throughout the pandemic. The city's CARES Act stimulus has been extended under President Biden to December 31st, 2021 with the COVID-19 resurgence. Under President Biden, the FEMA Public Assistance Program will be expanded upon to increase reimbursement from 75% to 100% for certain expenditure types, and we are awaiting further guidance on that. The city's local aid cherry sheet estimates is less than prior year, decreasing our fiscal year 22 budget funding. The schools were awarded an additional $2.3 million in ESSER II funds. Uh, the city is hopeful that President Biden will award additional stimulus to cities and towns greatly impacted by the health pandemic. And the following slides are just a display of general fund and enterprise funds expenses year to date. If you want me to click through each one of those, it's up to you. But you can kind of see what you voted and where we are on our. Let's see. Oh, that made it smaller. Sorry. Is there a way I can make this a little? I guess I can do that, but it doesn't really make it that much clearer. I can send it as a PDF, which will make it much, much clearer. When I tried to put it in the PowerPoint, for some reason, it comes out a little distorted. That'd be great. Are there any questions? Councilor Box. Be helpful at this point, if Alicia can touch upon uh, fiscal year to date, what accounts uh, may be operating in the red? Yes. So um, right now, one thing that obviously snow and ice, we have snow and ice storms that are, um, is growing, that's operating in the red. So if I want to scroll, hold on. Snow and ice right now is at negative. I can make it bigger myself because I can't read that on my screen either. I think it's 327, 192 that's operating in the red. Um, other than that is what we're experiencing is revenue losses. I'll check out some much. So what, what other accounts, Alicia, are, are anticipated to be operating in the red? The only account I anticipate operating in the red right now would be snow and ice. That's it? That's the only expense, yes. But as far as revenues, I'm, I'm expecting revenues to be in the red. So I'm expecting permits to be down because of the COVID-19 resurgence. I'm expecting um, hotels to be down because of the COVID-19 resurgence. I'm hoping our meals stay steady, but they could be down. And then we're also just looking at our values and where our values are going to be at as far as... <clears throat> Our commercial and industrial rates and how that's going to affect us for the next fiscal year. So right now, uh, the operation of overtime uh, is not uh, something to be worried about. We're watching it. Uh, we've implemented, uh, like I said, a spending freeze. So we are watching all of our costs. Um, 
overtime is really hard to control. We try our best with that, but um, we're watching it. Okay, and um, if I could, uh, Mr. President, uh, the administration offered an early incentive retirement that we uh, got re a response from last week. I was wondering if the uh, Alicia can give us an update. Uh, I'm not sure of the cutoff date for that, but uh, what they anticipate, uh, the number of employees that could be impacted and <coughs> what the potential uh, revenue savings would be. Um, so with the early retirement incentive, uh, we're going up to a maximum of $100,000 that we, that's with the cap as far as if anybody takes it. Uh, we're hoping that will provide us some substantial savings uh, depending on who takes it. I can't give you a definitive number until I know how many people have actually taken it. And when will we know that, Alicia? It depends on how many people who've opted in. I'd have to look back at the date that we gave them for um, that we're going to provide in our memo. So, so the city must have an understanding of how many employees would be eligible, first of all, correct? Yes. And do you know what that number is? Not off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, and are there any other initiatives that the administration's looking at currently right now in addition to the non-essential hiring freeze and the early incentive retirement? Um, well, because everything's up in the air at the Fed level, we're really watching that American Recovery Act that Biden's putting forward. So we're looking to see what's going to happen with that. We're hoping that um, he will give money to cities and towns. If not, we will have to look into um, other things to control costs. We're not there yet. Okay, so th there's been no discussion about other ways of controlling costs? Not yet. Okay, and uh, if you could just, I, I know you went through the water and sewer enterprise account. If you could just give uh, the fiscal year to date revenue versus expenses, just the total numbers. Oh, sure. I'm just gonna scroll, sorry, I went too fast. I have done the screen, but so I, I for our um so for the expenses for the water and sewer funds year to date is 14 million, 144, 350, and 74 cents. And we have encumbered 8 million, 393, 883.69. So, so are we seeing uh, a larger revenue based on uh, the fact that uh, with COVID, more people are home now for longer periods of time? Are we, are we seeing an uptick? That is true. Yes, there are more people. We're seeing an uptick on, on I mean, it's a good and a bad thing. I mean, yes, there are more people that, so they're going to be using more, but at the same token for us as far as, uh, waste disposable and waste management, we're seeing more and more trash and, and, and more and more boxes and more and more costs. So um, there's a lot. Right. And, and those particular contracts, it may be helpful at some point to update the council when the contracts, in particular waste management, when the contract was renewed and uh, to see just a picture of uh, the fixed costs uh, year over year. Uh, that, that may be helpful. 
um, for, for any contract like that. Um, also, uh, and, and I'm just throwing this out to my colleagues, it may be helpful to also have a meeting with uh, the school finance side to discuss uh, what they're looking at right now. I know they're sitting down currently to start looking at and doing their pre-budget meetings. And it may be helpful, Mr. President, to have those meetings ahead of time so there's no surprises uh, when it comes down. I know they, right off the top, experienced a $1 million hit um, uh, right off, right off uh, the top. And uh, I think those discussions need to be had. Thank you. Thank you. Council Moreau. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, thank you so much for that uh, presentation, Alicia. I just have two questions right now. So regarding the motor vehicle excise tax, that being down, that's deferral of payment. That's not fewer vehicles registered in the area or I guess registered and garaged in the area. Um, so for the state level, that was for them, the primary decline in them was for deferrals. Um, okay. For us, it would be on collections on if people are actually able to pay their excise taxes. Okay. Thank you. And then in the slide, you shared that for the uh, final $2 million in CARES funding, it's a plan of vaccination, contact tracing, um, something else I'm forgetting. Can we expect or when can we expect to see a laid out plan or will we see a laid out plan of how that money will be spent specifically for those efforts? Um, are, you, are you saying a breakdown as far as costs are concerned? So I think if the council asked me each month or every quarter, if we could see a breakdown of where the costs are, we could do that. Um, okay. Depends. Yeah. Well, I think right now, the biggest thing that we all know is vaccination is, you know, the big thing that is on the horizon that everybody's looking towards. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's a great just, point from Alicia in terms of their vaccination is that the ground is shifting on us very, very quickly as it relates to that. So having a mapped out plan, our, our plan a month ago would be different than our plan today as it was, as it relates to vaccines because of the availability or the lack thereof. Uh, in terms of it, we had plans to open up brick and mortar facilities uh, that we're just not able to because of the, the lack of supply. So we can update regularly as to the vaccination plan and our plan for spending CARES Act money. Uh, but it, for us to tell you right now what it looks like in six months, I don't think we that wouldn't be, it could very well change by then. Okay, so do we think a monthly update would be most effective? Okay, that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. Council Falco. Thank you, Mr. President. And, uh, Alicia, thank you very much for the presentation. As always, very informative. Um, and you, you, uh, I just want to make sure, are you going to be sending us a PDF copy of the uh, presentation? Yes, yes. I'll send a copy to Adam right after the meeting. Okay, thank you very much. And actually, uh, is it possible when, uh, when we have the third quarter uh, presentation to get this maybe a couple of days in advance, just to kind of give it a look over before we uh, have the actual presentation? It's, 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 it threw us a lot of data, which is great. I love data, but it's hard to digest sometimes when it's just kind of going by you at a screen really quick. So is it possible to get that, get this in advance, like for the Q3 update? I will try my hardest to do that for the Q3 update. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, I just wanted to ask you a couple of quick questions. Um, with the, well, actually, first and foremost, Council Marks uh, brought up a, a great point to think about the um, school budget and i think you know to get an update on that uh probably sooner than later would be beneficial to everyone just because that is a large uh chunk of the city budget you know be good to know in advance if there's where we are uh year to date and where we're going if, and if there are any concerns um so i would definitely support that with regard to uh free cash can you just what was the balance in the free cash account again yep 
was about uh, eight million and change. Yeah, 8,534,241. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And um, do you know if there are going to be, or if there, or actually maybe uh, the chief of staff would know, are there going to be any uh, reimbursement, actually any uh, disbursements or any requests to spend down that, some of that before the end of the year? We don't know at this time. That's an open, that's an open question as we work through the budget development process. Okay, so right now, at this point, it's, it's not clear. It's up. And I would just okay. add on to the uh, chief of staff. We also don't know what's going to happen with the snow and ice storms. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, we pray, we pray for sunshine and we, we pray for stimulus. <laughs> so as it relates to free cash. Thank you. And with regard to, um, the, you mentioned, I believe it was the, the connection fee for the water. Um, it's not, it's not separated by, uh, was it commercial residential? It, so is it, is it basically like just a software issue or is that? No, it's just, it's tiered. It's on a tiered base. So it's, it's by the size of the uh, piping that they use. It's tiered. Okay. okay, but there's no way to separate that then, you were saying? No. Okay. And, uh, last but not least, if I may ask, what would be, when you look at this, when you look at this update, I mean, I looked at this, uh, well, listen to it and just try to follow it really quick. Um, you know, there's definitely a, a lot of concerns here, I guess. Um, what's your number one major concern? Uh, revenue offset. I'm really hoping that Biden's going to give us some revenue because fixed cash, you know, our free cash, it's a fixed amount. And we may not generate, you know, money. We can't spend it all. And then at the end of the year, you have nothing. Next year, you have nothing. You know, free cash is, hey, our expenses were less than we thought they were going to be. So we have extra revenue at the end of the year. Um, that's really what happens with free cash. So we can't expend it all. And um, thankfully, we were able to, you know, repurpose back some of that last year back into. But we're not going to see that until the following year when it gets certified. But um you know, my concern really is the revenue losses. You know, we've, we've experienced really huge revenue losses and the government's giving stimulus checks to citizens, but not to cities and towns that desperately need it. So I'm hoping that the Biden administration hears that and says, here's some money for you cities and towns, use some revenue offset. Let's, let me help you because um, we really need it. Okay, thank you. Alicia, I want to thank you again. Um, I do, I know I'll have some further questions, but uh i definitely like to review the uh, slide deck at home, and uh, I'll call you right within the next few days with additional questions. So thank you very much. Also, Scott Belly. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Again, thank you for my colleagues. Some great questions. Alicia, thank you again for all your hard work. I know how hard you've worked and with all this added pressure and added uh, commitment, so thank you. Um, my question is, as you see in the uh, – there's some movement uh, afoot on the school side uh, for early retirement. Do you hear anything on the state side for municipalities? Is there anything that the rumblings or anything going on to maybe look at some offsetting of possible layoffs as we get into the thick of things? I would have wished for the, for the state to actually dip into their stabilization money, but I think that they're doing the same thing that municipalities are doing, which is watching the Biden administration and seeing what's coming forth. Um, I was disappointed with the uh, cherry sheet aid that I saw with that large cut into the charter. Um, that was not expected. So um, I haven't heard anything from the state as far as any special legislation of adding time for retirement or anything like that. But I think everybody's just watching to see what the federal government's going to do to help us. 
There is one piece of legislation that was proposed um, as part of the new session. Yeah, I think it's House Docket 1794. I don't think it has a bill number yet. That would provide um, public employees on the state and local side with three years of credible service time in response to the pandemic. Uh, so it's almost like COVID credible service. Okay. The potential for that passing, uh, but it was brought to our attention today uh, that, that it exists, it's out there, it'll probably be discussed um, and that it's, it might be out there. I haven't seen any other early retirement incentives, whether it's either time or, time or, um, time or age um, offered by the state. Okay, thank you. And uh, last, uh, lastly, I know that uh, uh, I watched the uh, school committee meeting the other evening, listened to the grim uh, news and the hit with the chowder and how devastating that sounds. Um, unfortunately, we do have some colleagues on the other side, maybe one or two, that like to turn to the city side to easily blame, uh, blame the municipal side for all the short, shortcomings. Uh, but I, I, I hate to be the, this, this seems and looks pretty bleak unless we see some sort of turnaround on the federal side, Alicia. Uh, we're looking for, we're looking at some pretty slim times ourselves, aren't we? Yes, definitely. I mean, just from the assessor's point of view that the state was talking about with the commercial and industrial, the way those values are going down and how many restaurants we've lost, um, yeah, it's it, it's it, we're in a very uh, we're in a set recession. It's serious, and um, cities and towns need help. And it's going to be another tough budget year for us. Okay, I, again, I only say that because I want to eliminate any of the myths that the city side might be hiding or uh, not carrying their load. I think last year, I believe the mayor mentioned that fifty-two percent of the city budget went to the school side. Um, believe me, with two public school children. I want as much for them as any other child in the community, uh, but um, we haven't heard anything positive, unfortunately. Uh, not to anybody's blame, but uh, what's happening on the city side and the school side. Um, like, again, I said, I don't want to be the gloom and doom person, but I think people should realize, unless we see a big uh, movement afoot by the federal government, um, this looks pretty scary. So thank you. And I can try, I can just piggyback on the charter reimbursement point is that once Alicia brought that to our attention as part of the cherry sheet numbers, we immediately engaged with the state delegation. We've already had meetings with them and with DESI to try to better understand the drop um, and what that represents. It's a formulaic drop um, as it relates to the enrollment numbers. Uh, but we, we are bringing this to everybody's attention as, uh, as a red flag in the upcoming budget talks. Uh, we don't think it's at the end yet. Um, we, we are hopeful that the, the state delegation will be able to advocate on the city's behalf and uh, adjust that number upwards. Um, I mean, Alicia did a tremendous job in, in outlining the, the budget, uh, but Councillor Scarpelli is right. Uh, we, are, we are looking at a pretty significant structural shortfall in the next fiscal year between probably anywhere between five and eight million dollars. Um, so that's something that we're taking a look at very closely. Um, cost cutting measures are on the table. Uh, everything that we're looking at is on the table at this point. Um, just to, just to, um, for Councilor Marks' point from earlier, I just wanted to clarify the waste management contract was renegotiated in 2014 for nine years. It expires in 2023. Um, and um, the mayor is actually going to be meeting with Senator Markey tomorrow to talk about the local aid aspect of things um, and see if she can advocate to him directly and make sure that he knows where the city's coming from and how dire things are. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councilor Knight. 
Um, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, this is very alarming. If we look at the budget that we're currently operating under for this fiscal year, uh, there was a $5.5 million structural deficit that uh, we relied on reserves to balance. Um, so moving forward, if we have yet another $5.5 million budget shortfall, um, I do have some concerns as to whether or not we're going to be able to uh, sustain the level of services that we're providing right now um, based upon the fact that, you know, we only have $8 million of uh, free cash money uh, available to us at reserves and uh, uh, financial directly depending on well, that's not a good idea. And I would certainly agree with that. Um, I think we're going to be looking at some bleak fiscal times. Um, so with that being said, um, can we talk a little bit about debt service, Alicia, and um, where we are in terms of our debt service schedule? Uh, it's my understanding that uh, we're very close to paying off uh, our obligation for the construction of our three middle schools, and um, that could probably free up somewhere around $4 million a year for the community. Um, that obligation has been funded through taxation, um, so maybe um, you can talk a little bit about that. Yes, so that's true that the MSBA debt service is falling off, but we added to the debt service. We have the library, we have the police station, and we have some other small projects. So even though that money got freed up, it got right back encumbered with those big projects that came forward. We did a big borrowing in August for the library and the prior administration had borrowed for the uh, police station. So those are both online now. And the first payment for the uh, library actually starts next year as the MSBA is falling off. So it's almost like a net zero effect between all of them. Thank you very much. Also, best. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, and thank you, Alicia, for the presentation. Uh, even if it's something we want to hear, it's obviously important that we know the facts. Um, I have a couple questions for you. In fiscal 21, we estimated a $4.2 million loss in local receipts compared to fiscal 20. Do you have an estimate on fiscal 22? Are we looking at similar to fiscal 21 or something even worse? So as of right now, it's, it's so early, but we're looking close to what we have for 21. If not, to be honest with you, if not worse, it, 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 as it develops, I keep looking. So hopefully... We keep on target, but if it declines, yes, it could it could possibly go worse. Okay, thanks. And then um, on the uh, commercial and industrial property valuations, is there any sort of estimate as to what the impact might be of that, or is it just we know there's an issue and and we're trying to find some some numbers? No, the assessor is actually working on that as we speak. All right, um, I won't ask for any previews. Um, on the stimulus, um, and I think this will be helpful for all of us in advocating with our federal delegation, is there any sort of estimate that you've been able to make, either you, Alicia, or with the mayor's office? You know, currently the draft proposal for the federal legislation has $350 billion for city, state, and local aid. You know, do we have any idea what amount, if it's $350 billion, what amount we might be able to expect as a city? Um, and should we be advocating for an increased amount for state and local aid? I, I would definitely advocate for an increase in state and local aid, but I don't know specifically what the number would be um, from Biden's package. I'm hoping it's a multi-million dollar stimulus, but I don't know an, an exact number. 
So I think for context, uh, CARES was, I think, about $250 billion. So this is this would exceed CARES, and we received you know, X amount during CARES. There's but the way that, that that formula would work out for breakouts, we're not sure. We also don't know if this is going to be direct from the federal government, if that would come directly from the feds to the city, or it would have to be filtered through the state somehow. And whether that would land in FY21 or FY22, if it's classified as a grant, there's a lot of questions about, and Alicia and I spent a lot of time talking about what that might look like and how, to, how would we absorb that uh, within the finances um, through the FY22 cycle so that we're not tying up that money um, unnecessarily. Gotcha. So, so the expectation is it might even need to be used, you know, over multiple fiscal years. So effort two is a good example uh, because it's $2.3 million, but it's being dumped in FY21. So we have to take a look and see if the structures and the requirements within the federal program to see if that can be stretched across multiple fiscal years. So that's always a question that we're looking at to avoid that money either being turned back or turning into free cash and getting locked up somehow. So we're, we're taking a very close look at all that. Great. Yeah. I mean, I think it would just be helpful, you know, if the council were to put forward a resolution sent to our federal delegation, if we knew what amount or some, some general idea of what might be in the federal bill that would get us to five to 8 million, at least, you know, that would be um, helpful. I know that's a hard calculation to make when so much is up in the air, but um, just wanted to flag that. Did you have a response? I think just saying that number out loud to the federal delegation is going to be important. Uh, and saying it out loud, we, we've been saying it to each other, uh, but saying it out loud to Congresswoman Clark, to Senator Markin, to Senator Warren, to let them know that this is what we're facing um, is going to be important. Um, the details are all, we always sweat the details when it comes to this stuff, but uh, saying it out loud is important. Great. Thanks. Um, one, I know you said to direct this to Mr. Murphy, Alicia, but I just wanted to clarify were the ESSER two funds restricted to the specific purposes that you listed? Yeah, they have three purposes um, that they can use their ESSER funding for, which was academic, social, emotional, and operations. Okay. Um, and then my last question goes back to this charter reimbursement problem. I mean, as you can see here, we're sending out, you know, eight and a half million a year to charter schools and now talking about getting less than you know, an eighth of that back from the state in the next budget. I know you've been talking to the delegation, but I just want to suggest um, perhaps a joint meeting, at least of the of the council with the state delegation to really push home the point that we need an additional amount of funding for charter reimbursement and ideally a hold harmless provision. So I just want to put that out there to my fellow counselors and to the administration if we could have a public meeting on the charter school reimbursement issue with our state delegation. Thank you. Thank you, Council Bears. Um, Alicia, uh, can you give us the amount uh, that's in the linkage accounts? Uh, let's see. Uh, Give me a second, I'm just pulling it up.
Okay, Linkage Roads has 35,571.72. Linkage Water and Sewer Trust has 499,787.22. Linkage Public Safety Trust has 64,833.03. Linkage Parks and Recs Trust has 473,711 and 12 cents. So the total of all those buckets is 1,073,903.09. Thank you, Alicia. You're welcome. Do we have any uh, further questions for uh, our Director of Finance? None? Um, do we, Mr. Clark, do you see anybody in the public booking for any questions? I don't see anybody. Um, I do not, uh, Mr. President. Okay, thank you. Uh, Alicia, I, I thank you as always for your, um, your outstanding work that you do for us and, uh, and your knowledge of your job. So thank you. Uh, and uh, uh, motion by Council Knight to adjourn. Second and by Council Scott Pelly. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Thank you. Meeting adjourned.